Daily DVR is sponsored by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com, the men's accessories marketplace. Cufflinks.com aims to drive men to one place where they can find all the accessories they could want to elevate their look each day. Go to Cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Use code DVR20 and save 20% off your order. No minimum. 2020, baby. It's a new year, and every month, Cufflinks has new amazing products, whether it's Star Wars, Marvel, DC, Disney, all that great stuff, or the sports stuff, NCAA, NBA, NFL, or, of course, the classic wearable art, the amazing high-quality Hook and Albert Oxen Bull, and, of course, their own Cufflinks.com brand. We encourage you to elevate your look when you get dressed in the morning. It helps to make you feel more confident and create your individual style. Go to Cufflinks.com DVR today. Welcome back to Curb Your Podcast. My name is Axel, and my co-host, of course, is DJ Timothy Hinesworth, rolling on the wheels of steel. Yeah, what's up, Elizabeth, Margaret, and Philip? Yeah. Today we'll be covering Curb Your Enthusiasm, season ten, episode eight. Elizabeth, Margaret, and Philip. This podcast is part of the DVR Podcast Network. You can find out more about us and our other podcasts at DVRPodcast.com. By the way. Uh, this week, I was on Locked on Jets, which is a New York Jets podcast that I listen to every day, hosted by John B. of Gangrene Nation. Check K- them out. E- yeah, there you go. T-S. Suck. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Man, I can't believe you did that to me. That is fucked up. No, but you're, you were really good on that podcast. And I, not being a, I'm, I'm a, you know, long life Jets hater. So I even listened and I enjoyed it. Dude, you're a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan and you live well, in Strong to, Island. What is up with curb, that? Curb your enthusiasm. Well, actually, that's why I mentioned it because I talked to him about that the Jets killed Carl. And we kind of rolled it into the whole way that people feel about the Jets and all that kind of stuff. So check out Locked On Jets, and you can hear me on the list. What was it? Listener Spotlight, number three. That's me, baby. Yeah, you're making the rounds, and we're uh, <laughs> back together in the saddle here, getting this, you know, curb kicked off, and you know, getting towards the end, and we're preparing for the biggest rollout of the DVR podcast, I guess, show since Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah, Westworld. Yeah, we're going to be doing this and Westworld at the same time. So go over and subscribe to Westworld TheoryCast. But let's get into it. Let's talk about it. We had another star-filled episode. John Hamm was hilarious. I love this dude. He is up for doing anything. If you want him to be an FBI agent, you want him to be an older white guy, he's there. And now he's pretending that he's Larry. I like the way they did this. It, you knew it was going to happen. And by the time he was doing it, he didn't overdo it. And I thought it was fantastic. Uh, it was perfect because it could have been annoying where he could have just mimicked him. Yeah. But instead, he really became him like and it it was like almost like he had it in him towards the end of the episode 
Yeah, dude. It's just he the way that it's first started when they were sitting at the table and he was like, would you would, would you do that? And then it was like he didn't just mimic what Larry. He just picked up on something that Larry picked and then they got went back and forth. And then I like the way also everyone was like, oh, my God, you're acting just like Larry. This is terrible. I like that they didn't act like they he wasn't acting like Larry. It was it was such a stupid gimmick to even do, but it totally worked. I mean, it got to the point by the end of the episode when they were told to leave the the dinner. She, you, you, Larry, leave, and Larry Junior, you can leave too. Like that's how good he was. <laughs> now he did mess it up with Cheryl, though. I totally thought that Cheryl was going to get back at Larry for sleeping with her sister by sleeping with, uh, I guess his, his Larry jr. But it was so perfect because he was so much like Larry. He did the same shit in Mocha Joe's without even knowing the story. So like, that's even crazier. And Cheryl just saw it and she's like, I'm out. I can't have another Larry. Yeah. That was great. Can you blame her? I mean, no, not at all. But the you know going into the movie he richard pulls up i mean the, one of the greatest lines and, and he tells him oh yeah you know i'm with john ham and he goes what are you doing he's, he's covering a movie that's supposed to be you know r- loosely based on on my story you know my life story and, and he goes what's the movie called the world's biggest asshole <laughs> and then like even Susie, like she gets exactly right on him Oh, the character is a disgusting pervert. Like when they talk about the movie, and then you know, even like when they're leaving, she she uses a line like she would use to Larry. She goes, "Go be him, asshole." <laughs> she really, I mean, she deserves an Emmy of every season of Curb. She really does. But this season, and I'm getting the feeling with her split from Jeff too. That maybe she was trying to kill him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I think this might become something. I had a few predictions that have not come true yet. They still might come true. I still predict that Larry's going to end the season by going off to Africa with um, the Ray Romano guy, the guy who created Everybody Loves Raymond from the first episode. I still predict that. But I think that we maybe Jeff is going to die. I don't know, man. That'd be pretty heavy. That would especially be, right? Since, especially since, you know, we just lost funk in real life. That's what I'm saying. But in a way, it would almost be some kind of like, uh, I don't lost, know. Bro. What's that? This isn't lost. <laughs> yeah, but it is it is a dark show. And, and he would think that's funny if they kind of like killed Jeff in honor of him. Like instead of killing him, they killed Jeff instead. That's actually <laughs> kind of funny, dude. Well- Speaking of a funny topic, they they go to a restaurant and they it's an Asian restaurant and he sees an Asian family and he he just assumes, hey, excuse me, what's good here? And they go, what do you mean? He goes, well, wouldn't you know? And they get offended and he kind of makes valid arguments because like he says, well, if I saw a table of fat people, I think they know what to eat. Like it's you know, I, I, you know, you don't really know where in Asia they're from and what kind of Asian restaurant you're at, but of course, I, you know, you kind of feel like the, you know, you've heard the story, like when the, you know, the ethnic people go into the right ethnic restaurant, they get the special dish, 
you know, yeah, things like that. I mean, that's look, real. Man, I, I and and I have made mistakes like that, like. You know, you ask like an Indian person and it's Pakistani or, you know what I mean? Like, come on, it's white people problems, man. We all make those mistakes, but Larry's the only guy who's going to go and do it. You know, anyone else would just order off. They maybe peek a little bit, but he's just going to ask them. And then he does it again later on at at that other dinner. And there's the Asian guy sitting next to him and they're having noodles in the bowl with chopsticks. And I, I think that it was just a valid question too. He's like... What do you do? Do you lean over the table and eat it, or do you bring the bowl to your mouth? And I and that that's a valid question. And he goes, "You bring the bowl to your mouth," and then he uh, ruins it and goes, "Yeah, like a garbage can." <laughs> that was, the, that was the where that comes from. That's I could just hear Susie off the side going, "You're fucking sick, Larry. There's something wrong with you," because there is just something wrong with him, man. I, I that came out of nowhere. Yeah, that you know that was funny, but yeah, he he loves to get himself caught up with sticky situations because of his questions or his rationing, ration, rationalizing of situations and people. Man, he ran into it with Richard and his girlfriend, not asking her, not allowing her to come to lunch. Now, you know, in the end, it this is just the thing that Larry and Richard do to each other, um, because. It, it, he should have let her come to lunch. Don't you think so? I kind of do, but he was kind of, Larry had a smirk on his face like he was being a dick just to say no. And, it's you know, and then, and then like Richard kind of explains how serious it is. Oh, we're buying furniture together. And, like you know, Larry's like, whatever. And he's like, fuck you, Larry. I'll see you at lunch. <laughs> and you don't think anything of it. But then it becomes something because apparently the new girl gets pissed. And what yeah. do you do when she's pissed? You want to calm her down. You make excuses. Well, I got to see him because, you know, his girlfriend dumped him. He wants to talk. Guy talk. But curb your enthusiasm. Drop some crazy shit. Literally. Bleeding rectum. A bleeding rectum. And when he, Larry finds out the greatest line, he says, nobody respects somebody with a bleeding rectum. Like, it's a fucking common thing you know about people. Like, this is fucking so weird. And it just created such (laughs) awkwardness. It was such a weird thing to say. And you could have just killed it. Like, Richard could have said, oh, no, it wasn't that. Like, it's so easy to, like, just change it up. And he just kept going with it and going with it. Oh, my goodness. The bleeding rectum. And you knew this was, as soon as the chair comes out, you know that some way, how is that chair going to get stained or Larry is going to do something, but it wasn't really his fault. It was that lazy Susan. (laughs) Is there, is there a right? What were they, what were they arguing about? If they're a right way to use the lazy Susan? Yeah. It was him and his cousin. They started arguing about which way it should go. And he wanted a piece of the whatever I forget what what was left, and they were kind of both trying to get it. And I would say it goes clockwise, except if you're on the southern hemisphere, then I'll go counterclockwise. <laughs> okay, this is this is what I thought about this. I think initially, when everyone is first taking their food and being served. 
it should go clockwise. But once everyone has been served, you are free to go any way. It no longer it's directionless. It's now up to the to the people at the table, their desires, what food they want. All right. I mean, I I very rarely eat at a table that has the lazy season. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes like the Oriental restaurant, you get the poo poo platter. That Oriental the restaurant, <laughs> nice, nice one, Tim. Nice one. Where you been? What going, do you mean? Man? That's the Orient. It's named the Orient. The place I go You're to. Terrible. You're terrible. It's named the Orient. I'll get you the menu to prove it. So now, I'm not a racist. How 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 fast did you figure out that Larry was going to have sex with Cheryl's sister? Oh, very fast, especially when she the first thing she said is how jealous they were. <laughs> That's immediately going to happen. What now, are the ch- <laughs> but wait, let's uh, let let's reverse real quick. Okay, let's go to the lazy Susan thing. All right, let's talk about it. All right, first of all, well, we did it first of all about the the way to spin it, but second of all, how the hell is a lazy Susan have racist and sexist connotations? Well, because it hurts Susans. There's a lot of Susans out there that are lazy. You don't want them to be lazy. You want them to be not lazy. If you keep on calling them lazy, they're not going to feel good about themselves. I Tim. mean, I was going to Google it to find it out, and it was probably developed by someone named Susan, and not like yeah, I a did real, not figure. I know somebody's a real not a person than Susan yeah. that they made spin around or something stupid. Like, but the fact, and then they the, they were just calling out weird names for it the ambidextrous susan and oh she got so pissed and then she kicked them out which is awesome well you knew that was going to happen because larry has to get kicked out anywhere he goes to dinner you know it's going to end up with him getting kicked out yeah and then larry jr gets kicked out Larry Jr. as well. You know what? There's one thing I want to say about Larry Jr., which is I would have liked to see more interaction with Leon and Larry Jr. That would have been fun. Yeah. But they kept on having to switch jobs because it got to go. Well, that was a a whole other thing. But while, you know, I wanted to bring up something quick while we were doing the lunch thing that actually got – Richard pissed off because Larry brings John to the lunch when he says that no to uh, Margaret to the yes. lunch. So that that was like kind of a dick move there, but it brought up a, a kind of a funny thing. So if you get a, 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 a you're at a table and you get a shared appetizer, is do you, do you feel that there's like an allotment rule? Definitely. Like if there's like six mozzarella sticks and there's three of us, we get two each. Without a doubt, without a doubt. I would say so too. Yeah, right off the bat. Come on, John's also, you know, picking up Larry's uh, quirkiness. But I think it really pissed Richard off because now he had like two two on one. Well, I think Richard is the kind of guy who would just say you're going to eat what you're going to eat. But Larry looks at it and sizes it right up, and I'm like Larry. I think that I would look right away. I would say, if I start, even if I started on one side, I would continue in a pattern that made it obvious that I was taking that side. You see what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. Right? In order to communicate that to the other person. And that's something that I think is actually helpful in social situations. 
So this is where that's the that's the that's the ultimate tragedy of Larry is he's often right. It's just the delivery. Definitely. Got to be nicer about it. Let's talk a little bit about Gotta Go. I thought this was funny because mostly the way that Leon just abandoned it, it's at the end. <laughs> He's just sitting on the couch. Well, I like you talking to you, Jeff. Forty dollars shit right now. He's just—he's running around. He's everywhere. He's really working. And then he was just like, "I'm over it. I'm done, Larry." And he it's was over. in sweatpants laying on the couch. <laughs> I, I mean, past it. It's a unique idea, but I—I I highly doubt there's any job in America that really lets you do that with all those strict laws we have. No, no, I don't think. Tim, yes, I, I I think I agree with you. This is not realistic. And I the meant thing not too, go to the bathroom, funny, not doing the job. Uh, yeah, definitely. Oh yeah. Do you? What do you do when you have to go? Have you ever been faced with this situation that you would use this? Never. I just go to the bathroom. I work yeah. for the union. See, I know me. I have worked jobs. Most notably, I was a teacher in Manhattan, and the school was like in the basement, no windows. By the way. And most of the phones didn't work. It was a charter school. It's called an asylum. (laughs) That's pretty much what it was. And if I had to go to the bathroom, I would just start hanging out by the door, trying to see if somebody walked by, but I would, sometimes I just have to wait the whole time and, or I just have to run. Guess what? I left some kids in the room for like five minutes, but I had to do it. You gotta go. I've been in situations, uh, DJ parties that that I have to put on like a longer song, there and then go. I'll run to the bathroom and you know I'll ask if there's a line. Yo, courtesy, I have to you know I'm working. I, I got to get back quick. People let me cut, but that only happened a couple of times. Usually, yes. a hall have a lot of facilities. I have shot a lot of concerts and live events, and I have at some points just been like praying that please and please you know like no encore no encore because i had to go to the bathroom so bad i can't just leave the camera there you know i, was I just, just read the pens i'm peeing now yeah see that's what i should have done i should have just worn depends remember that astronaut who drove across the country to go get her boyfriend and she was peeing in the depends no, but that's a crazy sidebar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, what do you think about Larry waiting for first class? I don't mind it. All right. Well, let's let's start off with the whole Becky situation. <laughs> okay. Let's explain it. I guess we're on a podcast. So Cheryl, right, she, you know, she says she's going to sell the house. This is the first conundrum. You give a gift of a house, no matter what it is, if you give a car, if you give a, a laptop, if you give someone a, a – you know, a video game system. If that video game system gets old and they go to GameStop and trade it in, mm. do you feel like you were like robbed? No, like, no, that's no, you why gave I it. did not agree with this at all. But on such a high valued item, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I think it doesn't matter doesn't either. Matter. But he apparently is rubbed the wrong way and goes over there and at first, I'm thinking, all right, he's going to let her have the price of what the house was. He says, no, you can keep the profits, and I'll take what the I paid. I was like, holy shit, this guy's got balls. <laughs> I know. That was that was a – see, this show's dark. That was a dark reversal, right? Like, he went for the jugular. Now, do you think he was trying a little bit 
to get on Cheryl's good side after them have having having sex earlier this season, and then he's humping the the doll, the blow up doll. You know what I mean? The whole thing with Ted. Maybe he was just trying, you know, push it. But it's funny that last episode he lost out on having sex with the magical vagina because of five hundred bucks. But this time he took the sex and he didn't take the money on the house, and he also had to fly to Denver. Well, do you think what Susie and Cheryl said, like, this is like, oh, Susie has said it. This is like prostitution. Yeah. Like, basically, he was going for his money, and she used her, like, poor me ways, which apparently she's always cried to Cheryl. Um, and, you know, Larry, like, feeling bad. She looks like she lives in dire straits. Meanwhile, it's a nice house, but she's just a slob. She's day drinking, and... I, you know, I think she used her womanly wiles on him and got all the money, got the house, Good. sold. He, you know, he fixed it up. Yeah. And I don't know. It, it kind of – and then it backfires. And then, and she tells her sister. That's – it's such an asshole move. I loved it. Good. Come on, man. It's Larry. What are you going to do? Think about this situation to begin with. I mean, <laughs> they got to get the best of them. I think it's good. Uh, Maybe in the end, they'll become a thruple. Ooh, an incestuous thruple. That would be, yeah. Curb would really be pushing boundaries if they did that. I don't know. Or Becky goes for Ted. Yeah. And Cheryl like goes back with Larry. There you go. Now, what do you think about that? Do you think that the Ted-Cheryl thing is equivalent to Larry and uh, Becky? Um, you know, um, it depends on the relationship between the, uh, the sisters and at the, the, the strained way that it has been throughout their whole relationship, I would say it's maybe equal because Ted and Larry were good buddies before. Yeah. I side with Jeff. Yeah. I think he's right. And you know, in a couple of decades ago, I've had a situation where, you know, oh, I, have, I had a sisterly encounter. Whoa, not, not together, not together, but like, you know, it was kind of awkward. Really? Come on, tell yeah. us more. We're on the podcast live. Well, the, no, the one sister told the other sister that I I was dating one sister for a long time, and it it kind of was ending, and the other sister wound up hooking up, and I guess told her down the road. Like four years later, she's like, "Did you and my sister ever hook up?" I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, that's silly. So mm, now okay. the cat's out of the bag if she listens to this. <laughs> but that was 20 years Wait, ago. They weren't twins, were they? No. Okay. Oh, man. That would have been the capper. That would have been a great way to end the podcast. But actually, I think we've reached the end of it anyway. But that was, no, that was when I was on Girls on Wild. Actually, when I was on Spring Break. Oh, oh really? no, never mind. Okay. That's a whole uh, other what story. What do we got? We got we got to have another uh, conundrum to talk about here. No, I think that's it. That's I think that was the show. We, we had a good show there. You know, we got to see what's happening with Mocha Joe and Latte Larry's. We got to see if that's uh, going to come to a head. Ted, what else is happening? We only got two episodes left. How about if you were already in your sweatpants and your friend asked you for a favor? No. You stay in, you say, you say I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm done. I can't really? leave the house. Nope. They're like a shield. Like a I shield from that. Actually, as a matter of fact, I wouldn't even look at the phone or text back. <laughs> 
I'm a freak, so I can't leave the front door without with sweatpants on. But so. I will make I will admit something to you. I'm actually wearing sweatpants right now doing this podcast. I, I come home in work jeans and I put on other jeans. I don't like sweatpants. Really? Yeah. Are you serious? Very serious. Daddy, you are a strange dude, DJ Tim Hines. Yes, I am. Oh, man. I am all about the comfy pants, dude. No way. I am in the comfy pants as soon as possible. Very rarely. Mm, that's too bad. You should enjoy the comfy pants, DJ. Well, this episode, I feel, was pretty, 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 pretty good. Hey, everybody, I've got an exciting announcement. Our very own Heath Santazo, a.k.a. Heath Solo, who you know is a great actor, has been writing a screenplay and is now producing his first feature film, The Star City Murders. A team of detectives are tracking down a serial killer, but his methods are like nothing law enforcement has ever seen. It's a race against time before more victims are claimed. The Star City Murders. You can be a big part of this project and become a backer. Just go to cefilms.com for all the information on the film and how to donate, or go to kickstarter.com and search The Star City Murders. And also, if you look in the show notes or at dvrpodcast.com, all the links are there for you. There are many great rewards for donating, including a tier where you get an exclusive behind-the-scenes podcast hosted by me, Axel Foley. That's right. Let's help get Solo make this movie, all right? Go out there and donate. $5, $10, whatever you can give, let's make sure that Solo gets this done. And also, all the Patreon funds coming to DVR Podcast are going to this kickstarter because we believe in solo this is going to be an awesome movie and we want to be a part of it so head on over to ce films today the star city murders baby let's find the killer